Welcome to a review recap episode of Broadway Radio. My name is Matt Tamanini. Today I'm going to be talking about the reviews for the recently opened Broadway revival of Take Me Out from Second Stage, currently playing the Helen Hayes Theater, scheduled to run through May 29th. If you are hearing this episode in our Patreon feed, it is a standalone episode. If you are hearing it in the regular feed, welcome to Today on Broadway for Tuesday, April 5th. This show is the Broadway revival of the Tony-winning play by Richard Greenberg. It is directed by Scott Ellis and has a very starry cast, including uh, Suits star Patrick J. Adams as Kippy Sunderstrom, Grey's Anatomy star Jesse Williams as Darren Lemming, a superstar baseball player, which, as pretty much every review notes, is at least somewhat modeled after Derek Jeter. His openly gay accountant slash manager is played by Jesse Tyler Ferguson, Brandon J. Dearden, and others round out the cast. Review aggregator site Did They Like It notes that eight of the 10 critics that they currently have reviews for liked the show, gave it a thumbs up, and two gave it a thumbs down. No one at this point is mixed. Let's start with Jesse Green of the New York Times, who made the show a critic's pick. Writing, quote, at its best, Take Me Out, which opened on Monday in a fine revival at the Helen Hayes Theater, is a five-tool play, of course, making reference to the term five-tool player, which is the pinnacle of a baseball athlete. He continues, quote, it's one, funny, with an unusually high density of laughs for a yarn that is two, quite serious, and three, cerebral, without undermining its four, emotion. I'm not sure whether five counts as one tool or many, but Take Me Out gives meaty roles to a team of actors led in this second stage theater production by Jesse Williams as center fielder Darren Lemming and Jesse Tyler Ferguson as his fanboy business manager. True, dropping a few flies along the way and throwing some wild pitches, forgive the baseball metaphors which the play indulges with the zeal of a convert, makes Take Me Out a bit baffling in parts. It's not the kind of work that benefits much from post-game analysis, which reveals flaws in construction and logic. But in performance, now no less than in 2002, when it had its New York debut at the Public Theater, it is mostly delightful and provocative. Perhaps especially for gay men, it is also a useful corrective to the feeling of banishment from a necessary sport. Now, I don't want to quibble with Jesse, but as a baseball lover, a former baseball player and a baseball coach, uh, and somebody who spends way too much time thinking, watching, and writing about sports, I, I don't think any sport is necessary, but we can agree to disagree. Our friend Adam Feldman from Time Out New York continued including baseball puns in his review. I don't have a ton here, but you can go to, to the website and read them. But he did give the show four out of five stars, writing, quote, Directed by Scott Ellis, it remains provocative, intelligent, and engaging. Greenberg likes big words, big themes, and messy complications. The civility and open-endedness of baseball, not to mention the sheer volume of stats, have always attracted contemplation. And Take Me Out enjoys tossing its ideas around. Baseball is a perfect metaphor for hope in the democratic society, says Mason in one of several delightful flights of narration. He's continuing the quote here. And baseball is better than democracy, or at least than democracy as it's practiced in this country, because unlike democracy, baseball acknowledges loss. Adam ends his review writing about the legendary, dare I say, iconic uh, naked shower scene in the show. He said, quote, If audiences feel as awkward with the naked bodies on stage as the athletes suddenly do, that is anything but gratuitous. It is the point of the scene. Take Me Out dramatizes the power of knowledge to transform our experience, 
for better or worse. The shower had been innocent is now fraught with uncomfortable sexuality. Words become springboards for puns and double meanings. A championship ring becomes recognizable as jewelry. With a twist of the wrist, a queering of the pitch, Greenberg takes a much-examined pastime and makes it a whole new ballgame. Okay, I lied. I did include some of his baseball puns there at the end. Now, despite these positive reviews from Jesse and Adam, there were some negative ones, as I mentioned before. Juan Michael Porter II, reviewing for Did They Like It, wrote, quote, Imagine a world where a superstar baseball player on par with Derek Jeter decides to disclose that he is gay. In 2003, Richard Greenberg did precisely that with Take Me Out and received the Tony Award for Best Play for his regressive efforts. Almost two decades later, this ableist and gay caricature-laden affair has returned to Broadway, complete with its dated humor and obsession with the white gaze. Naveen Kumar of Broadway News said, quote, but there's little retrospective insight to this production from director Scott Ellis, which is a straightforward retelling of a story whose provocations were largely reliant on context. And if the play has enduring resonance as a story of prejudice or even a romance with America's pastime, here it's more an echo than a roar. He ends his review with some important modern context, writing, quote, Sports are indeed a heated battleground for social oppression, but the sacred delusions of masculinity are hardly the most vulnerable target. This year alone, legislation that would bar trans kids from school sports teams has been considered in 30 states. 14 have signed such bans into law. The movement to protect and expand the livelihood of LGBTQ plus people has evolved to meet the plans of attack. It's time for art to do the same. We will, of course, have links to the Did They Like It roundup, as well as the Broadway World Review roundup, if you want to read more from these reviews and more. All right, again, if you are listening in the Patreon feed, that will be it for today's review roundup standalone episode. If you're listening in the regular feed, I will throw it over to myself from earlier in the evening, doing Today on Broadway with Grace Aki. So enjoy that. Have a great Tuesday, everybody. Welcome to Today on Broadway for Tuesday, April 5th, 2022. I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini. And I'm Tell Me on a Sunday podcast, Grace Aki. Hello, Grace Aki. I feel like now that I am leading this show today, I have to do what you say. And it's like, I feel like it's been forever since we've talked. Is that my that's what line? You say. Is that my bit? Yeah. It's kind of your bit now. <laughs> hey, yeah, can I I'm tell you something? It. You know what's weird? What's it? What? I feel like we haven't done this in so long. <laughs> Comedy, baby. It's true. We have it. That's a good callback uh, from the immediate joke that I just had. Yeah, it's been a while. Um, you were out last week. I was out the week before a little bit. So uh, schedules overlapping, but we are here together on Tuesday, just a few hours before the Broadway revival of Take Me Out opens at Second Stage Theater. So if you are listening to this episode in the regular feed, you've already heard me go through the reviews for that show. But if you are hearing this in the Patreon feed on Tuesday, Tuesday morning, I will be dropping a special standalone review recap episode, which is how I'm, as I mentioned yesterday, how we will be doing these reviews for this crazy, hectic, bonkers, insane month of April. Uh, and then maybe even moving forward. So we will see how that goes. But um, depending on when you're listening to this, either you've already heard the reviews or you'll be hearing the reviews mm. in a couple hours from now. Now, Grace. Yeah. You went and saw, I believe, the first preview of a new, a different Broadway revival. It's still embargoed, but since you paid for the ticket, you can talk about it a little bit. Tell me about 
your experience going to see for Colored Girls? So um, I had only read this play a little bit, like a couple of monologues from it um, back in the day. Like I was not familiar with a lot of my friends had already seen it at the public. Uh, but this one, uh, a friend of my BOA show, shout out, um, texted me that mm-hmm. there were preview tickets for $20.22. And we talked about it on the show. And I was like, um, yeah, I should do that. I should do that. And we were on the very front row um, and experiencing this front row, pl- foxes. front row foxes. You know, it's the brand. Um, famously, you're also a front row fox um, cut to us mm. a waitress. That was the most incredible experience of and, my life. And, and assassins. <laughs> and assassins. Oh, my gosh, Matt. Mm-hmm. Oh, hair toss. Uh, but yeah, like it was. I don't have hair. I'm sorry. I'll do it uh, twice for us. Toss, toss, no hands. Uh, yeah. That's a wicked reference. Um, everybody. If you are going to go see a a preview or a a new revival of a play, please put this on your list. It was so incredibly moving to me. I mentioned this in like my TikTok tease of like Kanita R. Miller, who you've seen as Celie in Color Purple. You've seen her in Once on the Side. We know she's amazing. But you know when someone gives like, you know, what, maybe a seven minute monologue performance where you're like, I, that was, that everything was wrapped up in that moment of the show for me it was so moving everybody's performance was really like honestly I <laughs> Camille A. Brown is going to be a force in, in not only like this mm-hmm. choreo poem but like direction and choreography I've talked to so many people that have worked with her before and said that she's just such a wonderful person to work with that embodies like how you are even if you're not a dancer how you express yourself on stage and how you can love yourself in that moment and this cast seemed to so very much love what they were doing with each other. Like, I felt like we weren't, like, it wasn't to the audience. Like, they were doing it for themselves. Like, the show just felt like I was in someone's college dorm or something while they read through a play that they were really passionate about. Like, it was just like, yeah. cool, I I feel like I got a special invitation to this. It was so beautiful. And so I encourage anybody that wants to see a play right now, if you have the means to, to check out for Color Girls um, who have considered suicide when the rainbow is enough, because um, what a what a beautiful revival. It's on my list. I, yeah. It was already high on my list because um, Stacy Sargent, who plays yeah. uh, Lady in Blue, mm-hmm. she was the lead primarily of Rex Parkland Sings the Songs of the Future. She oh. played Bo Weathers, who was the lead singer of the band The Future. Um, and she gave I just that yeah. performance. I've talked about, uh, you know, Rex Parkland before. Um, so I was already like, OK. If they're doing this, she's in it. Kanita's in it. Like it's just such a great thing. Like um, I'm gonna have to figure it in. I I've already I I'm You're like three committed. weeks away, <laughs> three weeks away, and I'm overstuffed already. So unless somebody has a hotel that can put me up for free for like two weeks, uh, I'm I'm gonna be short on on space. But anyway, all right. So thank you for that review. Um, we will have obviously all of the reviews when it officially opens right. uh, later this month. But let's get into the news, Grace. Fresh off of last week's announcement that the show would be, in fact, finally coming to Broadway, led by Real Life or IRL K-pop star Luna this fall on Monday, the musical K-pop announced the rest of the cast that will be part of the show when it begins performances on October 13th at the Circle in the Square Theater. Joining Luna, and this is interesting, will be fellow IRL K-pop artists mm-hmm. Bo Hyun Kim, Min Young Lee, and Kevin Wu, as well as more 
traditional uh, musical theater actors Will Brill, who famously played mm-hmm. Ali Hakim and Daniel Fish's Oklahoma at that same theater a few years ago. Major Kurda, uh, Ju Min Huang, Jin Wu Jung, uh, Eddie Lee, Abi Mary Lees, and John Yim, as well as others. We will, of course, have the complete cast list in the show notes if you want to check that out. The show will be directed by Teddy Bergman and choreographed by Jennifer Weber. Grace, I know very little about pop music in general, let alone K-pop, pop music from another country, but I feel like this has to be a huge dose of credibility and authenticity for this show in and of itself. But then more importantly, for the non-theater audience that might be inclined to support it because they are inherently K-pop fans, whether or not they are musical theater fans. Yeah, I mean, this is definitely one of those where you're merging two huge fandoms together, and that could either be, you know, catastrophe or it could be incredibly successful. And I think this is going to be incredibly successful um, as far as, you know, giving service to the fact that, like, we're being true and authentic to, like, the giant global fan base of K-pop. Ginormous. Yeah, and then also, like, fans of immersive circle theater you know what i mean like i think that that's it's just and i really you know i personally appreciate so much that when a cast is made up of people that um can so uh universally uh represent you know the the fact that like this is a k-pop show this is asian americans these are asian performers um i we love to see it and the fact that they're going to be on a prominent broadway stage is like very cool yeah, circle in the square, prominent and not prominent. That's up for debate. But uh, <laughs> listen, bro- it's Broadway again. This is the know, second time, the second time in history that you've had Asian performers doing an Asian show, like, like, like built from Asian creators. You know what I mean? Because we talked about be on the, the show. What would be the first one? Um, what would be the first one? The first one was uh, Allegiance. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so, that's insane to anybody who. I mean, it's not surprising, but definitely uh, incredible. Yeah. But All right, let's move into some other news. On Monday, Off-Broadway's Playwrights Horizons announced their 2022-2023 season, and it will open up this October with Mia Chung's Catch as Catch Can under the direction of Daniel Auken. Later that month, Pulitzer Prize winner Bruce Norris's Downstate will begin performances directed by the, by the great Pam McKinnon. Then in February, the legendary Tina Sater. I'm seeing a lot of Chicago connections mm-hmm. here, uh, and a lot of these things. Tina Sater will direct the world premiere of Agnes Borinsky's The Trees. Then in March of 2023, the world premiere of Julia Azumi's Regretfully, So the Birds Are, will be helmed by Jenny Coons. And the season will wrap up with John J. Caswell Jr.'s Wet Brain in May. Sticking off Broadway, uh, but moving a bit uptown from playwrights, uh, it was announced yesterday that director Robert Ickes will bring his Almeida Theater productions of Hamlet and Orestia to the Park Avenue Armory this summer. The shows will run in rep beginning on June 1st for Hamlet and then June 9th for for Orestia. Um, They will run through August 13th. Interestingly enough, they did not run in rep in London, but they will be running in rep here. So that's uh, kind of an interesting change for that. Alex Lothar will play the Prince of Denmark, as he did in London, while Leah Williams will play Agamemnon's wife, Clytemnestra, in Orestia, and she will also play Gertrude in Hamlet. Um, Grace, have you seen a show at Park Avenue Armory? No, I've never seen one. That's where I saw um, the Lehman trilogy, and <gasps> it's just this it's just this huge, giant 
armory like it's not a theater um i'm i'm so i'm super interested to see how they stage this with with um lehman they just like set up a stage and these like giant ass bleachers Mm. that we all sat in um so i'm kind of interested to see how they do this for this or if they do something interesting with uh with the staging of that yeah, I'm, I've never been there. Somebody actually was also talking about BAM today. And I was like, you know, I've never been there either. <laughs> so there's so many venues that I have to experience that are like a little bit more avant-garde than the normal like proscenium theaters. Yeah. So that's a good suggestion. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Next up, we normally don't talk about cast albums unless like you're working on them, Grace, Um, (laughs) at least not the announcements. But I did think that this one was noteworthy, especially because of something that Ashley and I talked about last week, because yesterday we learned that Mrs. Doubtfire will record. And I'm going to say this specifically an original Broadway cast album this coming, actually yesterday, I believe, is when they recorded it. And that distinction is important because that means that Jake Ryan Flynn, who originated the role of Christopher Hillard and Avery Sell, who played Natalie Hillard, will be on the album, even though they are not returning to the show when it comes back to Broadway uh, later this month. Yeah. Yeah, So so I think that's important because uh, I would feel just absolutely awful for them if they opened the show and then they had to shut down and then they couldn't keep going with it and then they get bumped out of i mean they've uh, been with it for three years yeah you know i mean that yeah so sad yeah so that'd be very cool for them uh to be part of that and very happy that this is getting recorded as i think all broadway productions should get cast albums even though i know you know even better than i do the financials of that is not always possible but very happy that this one will be that's the thing that and was finally, so, oh sorry go ahead. go ahead no go ahead no please no please. um i that's something that's been really interesting for me to learn about um given my exciting uh, work with broadway records is the fact that like i i just always would tweet or say things just like what you just said of like every show should get a, a cast recording why didn't this show get one and it's so interesting to learn that it's just such a separate business of like you know where does that money come from who's you know funding this because at the end of the day like producers are um inclined to do the show on broadway like everything else is secondary right so yeah it's so interesting to me now whenever i see somebody being like this blank 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 show cast recording win question mark and i'm like cough it up babe (laughs) cough up that money (laughs) Um, so i I know how hard that is to get raise money like i've gotten some of those pitches about investing in shows uh cast albums so it's it's a it's a real thing and it's not cheap so uh so i'm very glad that this but obviously with a show like this where they want it to have a life regionally, that cast album goes a super long way. So original shows are more likely to get it because it's an investment in the show's future. Revivals is a little harder because those producers don't generally have a stake. I mean, sometimes some of them do, but they don't generally have a stake in the the life of the show from regional right so doing a revival album isn't as you know doesn't have as many arms and tentacles yeah to make money for them so either way glad mrs doubtfire slash doubtfire depending on what we're calling it this week is getting one can i give you a plug on that if if you are excited about mrs doubtfire getting a cast recording and you've already seen the show i've not seen it yet but that's not to say of what i'm about to say um annalise scarpacci released a solo album and she has been she's the she's the oldest you know of the three kids Mm -hmm. in the show and she is the one that people are talking about a lot of times in their reviews of like one of the great moments of the show is her so i'm just saying if you really really like hearing her sound and you're looking forward to that cast recording she's already got a solo album out so just saying, there you go. Hmm. Hmm. Plug, <laughs> plug in all the time. I will. 
Never hustling. Every day you're hustling. All right. So um, the last story in this section here, Grace, is something that I feel like has gone under the radar for the theatrical press. And I only noticed because of my day job covering streaming services. But it was announced that this summer, Hulu will be live streaming the new stage adaptation of the Oscar-winning Studio Ghibli movie Spirited Away. If you're familiar with this, this is an animated film that had a great adaptation that did well at the Academy Awards and Yeah, it and got was an Oscar. It's critical. Yeah. Uh, it's one of my favorite movies of all time. Sorry, continue, continue. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it had a huge crossover success here in, in the U.S., which really I feel like might have been one of the first anime things that really hit the popular culture widely here in the U.S. But anyway, it um, is going to be ending its run at Tokyo's Imperial Theater, or actually it just ended its run at Tokyo's Imperial Theater. Now it's heading to Osaka, and it's been announced that for two days only, the show will be streamed internationally on Hulu. Um, And interestingly enough, it'll be done two days on July 3rd and July 4th, but with a different cast each day, because for Japanese theater, they have different casts Mm -hmm. that don't do the show every day. So they alternate the cast. So you will be able to see both casts um, when it is streamed. And they'll obviously be able to tell you who's doing what days, uh, depending on when you see it. It's interesting because Hulu is not necessarily known for having its own live events. They do have the live streaming option that you can get, like if you're a cord cutter. But they are investing a little bit more in live things. in general, they're doing like some crazy live stunt thing here coming up. But this is a really interesting thing. There is, um, to, to you plugged your work. I, I can plug my work. Um, we had an article at the Streamable uh, last week um, of talking about how like over 50% of all Netflix users worldwide streamed some sort of anime content in yes. 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, anime is a, a huge thing. And obviously this is live action, so it's not anime specific because that's animated uh but this is a a live stage adaptation of an anime classic so i I feel like this is a really smart move that um will bridge a lot of of demographics that i don't know that theater people necessarily understand people probably don't realize the the reach that um studio ghibli has like they they probably don't uh, you know a lot of times so just to yeah kind of put that into focus like there are there are a couple like Crunchyroll is is another uh app that a lot mm-hmm. of people use to to stream anime but either way like this particular movie is one of the yeah biggest biggest ones you could ever find um i want to give a suggestion out there because if you're interested in Spirited Away, first of all, you can stream it on Hulu, HBO Max, I mean, sorry, on HBO Max. Um, But you can also follow on Instagram Toby Ollie, who is the puppeteer designer for the show. The reason that there are a couple of casts is because there are so many puppeteers working and manipulating these characters that they have to literally trade them off, just like any other show that you'd see. Um, But Toby Ollie, T-O-B-Y-O-L-I-E, you can see Oh, so many and like he's working on Animal Farm as well that's touring the UK um it's his work on this show in particular is so stunning and beautiful and um I'm when I saw this news today I freaked out I sent it to everybody my mom was like oh my god and we're gonna get to see it because I I've been really upset that I can't go to Japan right now and see it to be honest so um yeah if you've never seen it watch it it's good for all ages it is kind of 
a lot for young people, even though it was kind of geared towards young people. Most of Studio Ghibli movies are like, psych, it's for adults. Um, so <laughs> uh, definitely That's true watch for that. a lot of anime, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, like, I mean, it's for both. Cowboy Bebop. I mean, so many adaptations mm-hmm. have happened in the last couple of years. So um, thank you for mentioning this because I'm very excited. Yeah. All right. One more thing that we want to leave you with is our feel good recommendation for today. And depending on what you were watching on Sunday night, chances are fairly good that you've seen this already. But just in case you haven't, I have a couple different videos um, from the Grammy Awards in memoriam segment in which they honored all of the members of the Recording Academy that passed away in uh, 2021. Of course, this was done completely with with music by Stephen Sondheim, performed by Ben Platt, Rachel Zegler, Cynthia Orivo, and Leslie. Odom Jr. For some reason, there is not a video online, or at least not a good one, of the actual full performance. Um, I don't know if that is because of copyright rules. So I have a couple different social media clips that break it up. It's not all there. The only way you can currently see the entire performance is if you stream the entire Grammys on Paramount Plus, which I will have a link to in the show notes as well if you want to do that. But it was really fantastic. And I got to tell you, I, I James and I talked about Rachel Zegler yesterday talking about her new animated uh, movie musical with Alan Menken music that she's going to be in. Like, mm-hmm. I, I know that they're just like with Lin-Manuel Miranda and Ben Platt for that matter and even Cynthia Erivo. Like, there are some people, especially in the theater community, who are like already rolling their eyes because of how ubiquitous she is and, and how much theater kid energy she is, she has. But I am such a fan of her as a performer and I think she is living her life and I'm such a big fan. And to see her kind of like stand up there and hold her own with like three major Tony winning stars. And she's like 20 years old. Like I was super impressed with that. I I think she's tremendous. And I think she is going to be a, just a gigantic star. Oh, and she is. And also to anybody like poo pooing, um, I'm sorry, you're not thriving. Like she is like, (laughs) don't be, don't be dirty. She's a young woman and she's, she's, um, worked very, very hard and she's going to continue to do that. Um, I also wanted to throw in, I saw this at the very end of the week, uh, last week, which was the Chinese lady at, uh, the public theater. And I, it's only running until April 10th. Um, I can't, I can't put into, into words completely what this show meant to me, but, um, if you have the opportunity and there are even tickets left, cause I think it's sold out, um, you definitely should check it out. Um, it's at the public theater right now. If you, you know, the Suffs is right next door and they're running for far longer. Um, you can get a ticket later for that one, but make sure that you go see the Chinese lady at the public theater. Um, it's a beautiful story about, um, it just, I can't, you know what? I can't even do it. Anyways, um, go yeah. see it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, it, it's like the first Chinese woman in the United States, right? Yeah, Afong Moy is someone that you can definitely read about, and you should read this play because Lloyd Sa did an incredible job of articulating within less than 90 minutes um, the strife of especially, like, Chinese Americans in this country during a time when, you know, in the last uh, 200 years. So, um, yeah, please please go see it. Very cool. All right, everybody, that's all that we have for today. Thank you for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWW. Matt Grace, where can people find you? You can find me everywhere, unfortunately, at It's Grace Aki. All right, have a great time tonight, Grace. I know you've got a very special event that you're going to be at, and uh, I guess you and I will talk to people tomorrow. Oh, my gosh, yes, we will. Two days in a row, baby. Yay! 